Welcome to the Diversity at Work podcast, where we unpack what it's really going to take to close the gender gap in the workplace. Here is your host, leadership coach and diversity consultant, Andrea Jansen. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Can you introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do? Hey, Andrea. Thanks for having me. I'm Mary Bicknell. I am your regret-proof life coach. So I have a coaching business that's a global coaching and consulting business. And one part of my business is life coaching and working with women who are stuck or who feel like, you know, they can't, they're in their own way. And then I have another piece of my business that's all about business consulting and business coaching and helping women like make money. I love it. And so we met, it was, I think, about a full calendar year ago at the groundbreaking women in construction conference in california and i remember i was so excited to meet you uh we met the night before the conference actually started and you were going to be doing a talk about imposter syndrome so sharing with the audience tools to get over that feeling when you feel like you don't really have what it takes when you feel like a fraud or when you feel like an imposter so Mm -hmm. Can you tell everybody listening, what is the backstory on this topic? Like, how did you decide that this is what you were going to talk about? You know, it's like, I, I started wondering, this was my big aha. This was like, I started wondering why is it that all of these like super ridiculously amazing women have any doubt about their capabilities? It's, it's, it's actually, it's like heartbreaking and I thought, there's, what's the similarities? Like, what is happening here? Why is it that these women who have all these degrees and all these credentials and all this success, which, I mean, by many of them are, like, intimidatingly, like, amazing, why is it that they still have the self-doubt? Why is it that they still think, am I good enough? Why is it that they're, like, and I call it, like, poo-pooing, right? Their successes. And so what I started doing is really research, you know, where's this coming from and discovered the imposter syndrome. And it started out actually called imposter phenomena. And it came about with this PhD and she was doing some research um, for college, women college students. Be- amazing women, brilliant women, top of their class, but they still had all of these limitations, limiting thinking, limiting thoughts. And um, she was able to create, you know, put them into criteria. and. I started thinking, oh my God, that's not only everybody I know, it's also me. Oh my God, it's me. Why am I hesitating? Why am I sometimes feeling like this? And so once I started doing the research, it was really fascinating. You know, there's very specific criteria. There's very specific reasonings why this happens. And so now I really work with women on this and help them, you know, get unstuck and become aware so that they start having some self-compassion around this and stop beating themselves up and start actually enjoying their success. That's the key thing is that these women are not enjoying their success and it's crushing. I mean, it's crushing. They work hard. They, they've gone to school. They have all these titles, all these credentials, and they're actually not enjoying it. And that I wanted to be a part of that change. Wow. So that is a pretty, strong motivation and Mm -hmm. it's really inspiring for me and i want to ask you a question um because i remember at the conference you actually had a moment where 
the imposter syndrome happened to you. And yes. I want to tell everybody Go um, what happened. So Mary and I were both going to be speakers at this conference. And we were actually both going to be um, breakout speakers. So um, in a smaller room with about 75 people in the room. And then I remember about 10 or 15 minutes before you were supposed to go do your talk, which you had prepared for 75 people, the organizer asked you if you'd be okay presenting on the main stage in front of 700 people. And I didn't actually see you before your talk, but I remember so clearly afterwards you describing this situation to me. So I want you to describe it to everybody listening. You know, it's one of those moments, and um, I still remember that because I remember what happened was I was in my room, and it was early in the morning, and I was getting ready, and I missed the call of the organizer, and so I call back, and, and the message was like, hey, I need to talk to you about something, and I just frankly assumed it was like, oh, they didn't have my printout or whatever, and she said, you know, do you, you know, blah, 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 can you get on stage, and I was like, Okay. And then afterwards, I totally went into like full-blown imposter syndrome, right? Like, oh my God, am I good enough? Am I going to be able to carry the energy of that? Am I going to be able to do that? And, and then I thought it was kind of like the universe or whatever. It's kind of funny, right? Where you get these opportunities to here I'm preaching about something and I'm handed this like gloriously perfect opportunity to walk the talk. And, but I still had all that stuff come up, right? I still had those doubts come up. And even though I know my topic, wow, you know, 75 people, I can do that day. I can do that in my sleep to carry 700 people. That was a little shocking. So what I did to be so transparent to these people, I started in the back of the room and I was whispering into the microphone, oh my God, what if they find out? What if they find out? I don't really know what I'm talking about. And I started like in my, like started whispering like those inner thoughts that we have when we are experiencing imposter syndrome. So that's what I remember about it. Maybe what I told you was another piece of this puzzle, right? Yeah. So I think it was like the way that I remember this story <laughs> is you literally took the tool from your presentation and right. did it on yourself like right. 10 seconds before you walked on that stage. That's yes. what I remember. And I just remember after you came to me and it was just like this look of joy and this look of excitement. And you, we were celebrating about all the women who had kind of started talking about this and started to realize like, you know what, I've been heard. This happens, yes. this is normal. I can push through this. It doesn't right. have to be this way. I don't have to listen to these negative thoughts anymore. And I just remember celebrating with all of those women and just feeling like, wow, like what a gift, right? That all of these 700 people got to hear this message instead of only 75. That's yes. Thank you. That is right. Right. And th there is that, you know, there's, there's something about, um, you know, of course we both speak right on stages. And so there's, and, and work with people live in, you know, and, and, and online and all of that. But, you know, there's something when you have that moment of, um, I call it like that life and death moment when what you've said has resonated so completely with another human being that the death of their old self goes and the light, and some people could call it light bulb moment. I like to go deeper. Like it's life and death, right? It's the, it's the birth of that aha, like, Oh my God, like I can do this. I can. And so to be able to look out on the crowd, Oh, I'm getting chills right now. Even talking about it kind of choked up, right? You know, to be able to look out in that audience and see those women have, uh, 
you know, really resonance with that. They really related to that. They could really appreciate that. And it validated so many of them. And so many people came up to me. And of course, since then, I've been so fortunate to speak with many of them. But um, yeah, it was pretty powerful. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I'm so excited that you came on my podcast. But I want to rewind a little bit because yeah. you were telling me earlier that you did a lot of research on imposter syndrome. And I'm wondering if we could even use that experience of you having to speak on stage and then kind of being in this place where you're like, you know what, I don't really feel like I belong here. And kind of like the science behind it and the research behind it as to why these feelings happen. Yeah. And understand that because it's one of those things that it's something that happens to everybody and there's like really no shame in these thoughts and I feel exactly. like in our culture we don't talk about it because we are ashamed that we 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 have these thoughts in our minds so if you could just dial back and explain why it happens and when it shows mm -hmm. up yeah so there's a couple key times in in a person's life so first I'll tell you a little bit about it, there's a couple key times and one of them is you know um, when you're when you're up leveling and however you want to phrase that what you're growing you're expanding you're up leveling in your life and or your business when you're doing something new there is some reality in that but like hey you know I feel like it so my talk was called shake feeling like a fake a fraud or imposter so when you're doing something new it's normal to have some feelings like oh my god this is new it's this the imposter syndrome though takes it to a whole nother level like I am not worthy of it so it's common and even moms when we become a mom maybe for the first time oh my god you know can I do this hopefully I'm not gonna kill my kid you know I don't know if I'm the best person because you know I I eat sugar and maybe I'm not gonna be able to raise a kid it's like all of these these thoughts that come up when something new is happening and expanding and so I'll go through like some very concrete criteria but first I want to just start off with you know, a lot of this also, and this would be one of the things I want to ask all of the listeners, and thanks for listening, is, is right now, I want you to think about when that resistance comes up. Like, when do those thoughts come up? And I bet you, if you can look at it with curiosity and kindness and gentleness to yourself, you will see that it's when you're expanding. You will see when, you, when it's around an accomplishment. So maybe, and this is kind of the criteria a little bit, maybe you were raised in a home with the expectation that of course you get A pluses. And so you weren't even validated for that. It wasn't like, oh my God, Mary, great, you got A pluses, yay. It was just like, of course, you're gonna get an A plus. There was nothing. And so now, when you are expanding, you're kind of doubting, like, is this even good that I got this promotion or I'm gonna go for it or I built my business? It's like, eh, you can't even celebrate it. You don't even, like I said in the beginning, celebrate your success. That's one piece of the puzzle. The other piece of the puzzle is maybe you were raised in a house where it was like the only focus was on the deficit. The only focus was on like all A's except that B, why'd you get a B? And so what that does is it really creates more of that doubt. Like, why did I get a B? I'm supposed to get A's. I really can't do anything right and all of that. So that's a little bit, not that we're trying to just bash moms, but if we're in reality, that a lot of our thinking, the majority, 99% of our thinking, unless we do a lot of really good thought work, our thoughts and ideas and stories that we've accumulated from other people that we've been raised around, our society. And this is, let me give you this quick example, and then I'm going to go through the criteria. Because people are always like, I don't know. I don't know what you mean by thought work. Let me tell you. If you were raised Catholic, 
probably you're a Catholic. Why? Because that's how you were raised, especially as a woman. We don't, we don't, we, we don't like rejection. Our number one fear, I call it blind spot. Our number one blind spot is the fear of judgment of others. Why? Because women are communal. We don't want, you know, it's most women are, it's hard to be the leader. It's, it can be challenging to be the eagle flying solo. And so when we grow and when we expand that blind spot, that fear of judgment can totally hold us back in a big way. So let me give you some of those thoughts, right? If you ever feel like this, oh my God, I am a fake. I hope they don't find out, right? It's kind of like, well, I can pretend, you know, I pretend that I know what I'm doing. I can do that. I, I, I come off really good the first time. Oh my God, I hope they, didn't find, they don't find out after I start working for them. So it's like, there's this fear that they have this, that they're phony. That's one of the criteria in imposter syndrome. So if you ever had that phoniness fear, um, and you have to be careful of that because you will undermine yourself. Like if you feel like you are fake or you're phony, guess what? Your brain in it, all its wisdom is going to try and make that come true for you. You're, it's going to try and make that thought happen. Another thing they think, um, a lot of women think is like, oh, I just got lucky. I was just lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. It was a fluke. And they don't give any credence to um, your years of, you know, other jobs. You got, it's not that you got lucky and got this promotion. It's the years that you've been in your current position, you know, you earned this promotion. You asked for the promotion. It wasn't about in the right place at the right time. Um, some people do this. This really gets me every time. Oh. You know, if I, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I'm not that special, really, you know? And, and so they discount that not everybody probably can do the job that you're gonna do or those kind of things. And so that's, and I used to say this to myself, you know, and sometimes I have to be cautious of what I say. I used to say to clients like, oh, if I can do this, the girl who's raised in an apartment and, and can build a seven figure lifestyle, so can you. And I realized, you know, I'm undermining those people. So we have to be careful what we're saying. Um, another thing that people do is they don't validate the work that they did. They offload it. They say, oh, it was all the team. It was just all the team. Now, of course, as women, we want to honor the people on our team, but not to our own demise, not totally discounting who we are. And so it's, it's fine to give credit, but you need to take credit. And that's what a lot of women don't do. They don't take credit. They don't stand up. They don't raise their hand and say, hey, that was my idea. Yes, I did that. And lastly, and there's a couple other ones, but um, you know, they think, oh, people are just being nice. That's kind of like I was in the right place. Or they think um, that they, you know, it's like I just had connections. And, you know, it's really because somebody else pushed me through. So those are some of the, the criteria, if you will. Okay, so how do you solve this? So if you're feeling mm -hmm. this way, like what do you do? Because we don't, like, I don't want people to believe this because you'll never move forward. We'll miss out on so much. So many gifts, right. voices, so many opinions, um, so many opportunities for people. So what is it? Like, what are the best things that someone can do when they yes. feel this way? So the, the very first thing is, first of all, recognize that your thoughts are what control your reality right? So your thoughts are the thing that creates like your feeling, your emotion, which impacts your behavior that creates your results. So first, like get into truth that really you, wherever you are today is based on your thoughts, based on your thinking. 
And when you do that, that this is one of the very next steps is to get into curiosity about like, huh, well, when, when such and such said, Hey, good job, Mary, I thought, eh, it's not that big of a deal. I poo pooed myself. So start recognizing when somebody compliments you, when somebody says good job, when you maybe get that promotion that, um, are you resistant to them saying yes, good, or are you resistant to that compliment? Another thing too is start being aware of how much you're actually preparing or working. One of the telltale signs of women with imposter syndrome is they have such a fear of um, failing that they over-prepare. So in other words, maybe it really doesn't need to take you like five hours to go over a memo. Maybe it really could just take like, you know, 20 minutes to make sure that the typos, give it off to your secretary or something like that. It's like, how much are, are you over-preparing? And so this would be a sign for you to look for. If somebody's saying to you like, oh my God, you're working all the time. Oh my gosh, you seem so distracted with work. Oh my gosh. And this could be, like I said, applied to your mother, to mothering. Like really, you're not killing the baby. The baby is fine. You can let the baby cry or, or those kind of things. If you have feedback from people saying that you're in a, in a way doing too much, that's the time to look at your behavior. Like, wow, am I, why am I over-preparing? What fears do I have? Am I over-preparing because I think I'm really not that good? So that's one of them. And so the other thing I want you to do, and this is kind of fun, is looking at, write down all your successes, like literally write down your successes in your personal and your private life so that you can be in logic and not in emotion. So for example, if you're really great at like baking the best brownies in the whole world and everybody can't wait for you to bring the brownies, like write this down. If you just gave the best talk, write that down. If you just, you know, whatever, whatever your things are, you just did a triathlete, you're a triathlete, write that down. If your kid just said you're the best mom ever, write this down. And, and allow yourself to do that. A client said, oh my God, I had this big breakthrough because of you. Oh my God, our company saved this because of you. Oh my God, start writing these things down. Because when you actually start to acknowledge these successes, and then you start sit, then you look at them and go, gosh, I'm kind of poo-pooing them and minimizing them. Then you can say, maybe I have imposter syndrome, or maybe I'm in this place of thinking. And then once you like acknowledge that, I'm telling you, it's kind of like it, it bursts. Then you can be gentle with yourself and be like, oh, okay, this is my imposter stuff coming up. I am really good at making brownies. And then you can have fun with it and be gentle. So that, that, those are a few, a few of the helpful you can do right today, right now, after you're listening to this yeah. kind of um, action steps. So I have a question. So all of these ones take some time. Like you need to be reflective. You need to kind of go and books, like have 30 minutes by yourself to work through mm -hmm. these. So right. in a situation like yours, where you're literally like, you had to make a split second decision. Like, am I going to say yes to this conference organizer about doing this talk in front of 700 people when I'm not prepared, when I don't feel like I deserve it. What are the tools that you can do if it comes up like in a situation like that or in a meeting, like you have this really great idea, but I'm like, Oh, but I'm not, I'm only a assistant manager. I think I need to be a manager to be able to talk at this meeting or 
I don't feel like my idea is good enough. All the people around me have more experience, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to say something. So you right. don't have time to write down your successes. It's like, if you don't speak. So let's do it right now. Ready? This is what you do right now while you're listening to this. You decide in this moment that you're going to be bold. And so bold for me is being a brave, outgoing leader, deciding that you're going to go for it, that you're going to say yes, that you're going to. So make a decision. Like in this moment, while you're listening to this podcast, you can do this right now, that every time you have that feeling in your gut that comes up that's saying, oh my God, I'm freaking out. You're going to push through it. You're going to raise your hand. Let your body tell you that's a yes. Let your body in that moment where you're having a little panic freak out moment, let that be a guide. Let that be like a gift. Let rethink it right now that that's a gift. You're deciding right now while you're listening to this podcast, holy crap, whenever I have that freak out moment inside, I, that's a, that's a hell yeah. I'm doing whatever it is. <laughs> I so, love it. so if you are in that moment where you're sitting around the table and there Bob is again, and Bob always, you know, always has something to say, you raise your hand, you know, and, and you feel that in your gut, like, damn it, Bob better not speak up. You raise your hand because this is the truth. You don't have the, the only thing that you have to lose, which I know is the scary part. The only thing that you have to lose is the kick, kick in the ass that you're going to have when you walk out of that meeting. I teach my clients, it's called regret proofing your life. How to regret proof your life is making that decision right now that you're going to be bold. Regret proof your life by listening to that gut feeling and going for it. Regret proof your life by taking chances so that one day you're not going to look back. And there's a whole thing around the whole regret proofing your life and it working with like your previous self and your future self. And it's such a beautiful experience, but you're right, Andrea, that like right now it's like in this moment, while you're listening to this, decide that you are going to be that woman to listen to her gut and go for it. Even if she's like, you know, I mean, what, what are your options? Right. What are the options girls? Listen go to for it or not go for it. That's I the mean, only like, option. That's it. It's like you can stay stuck or you can leap like there isn't anything else. So leap, 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 be bold, leap. I love it. So I'm curious, cause I know you're, a, you're trained as a therapist and as a coach. Yes. And mm-hmm. I'm interested if this is something that it's holding somebody back a lot. Cause I know for myself, yeah. Um, last year I really struggled with this and this is before we met, I had actually yeah. gone through three months of one-on-one coaching, just exploring my imposter syndrome. Yeah. And my so it was a lot of work for me. Yes. Um, so for people that feel like they want that extra help, that they can't kind of push through on their own, how do they even know if they need it or, and who should they get help from? Mm-hmm. So you know that you need it. You know you need, like, well, first of all, I don't believe everybody needs therapy, but I do believe everyone needs somebody helping them grow. Your best investment of whatever buck, dollar, 20 bucks, 100 bucks, $5,000, whatever, your best investment is in your own personal development. You want to be successful in life, then you need somebody in your corner. Because look, this is the truth. This is why I have a business that's so successful. We all can talk to our girlfriend and she can complain and complain and we can spot her problem in a heartbeat, right? But in, we're, when we're in our own forest, right? When we're in our own stuff, it's hard to see sometimes. And that's why we do need somebody that can support us. So how do we know? You know, 
Like, you know, stop pretending, stop pretending. I don't really know. I'm confused if I need help. I'm confused if I'm imposter syndrome. If you're confused, you need help. I guess stop it's like, what's the risk of getting help, right? What's oh the worst God. thing that can happen if you get help? I don't think there is a worst thing. I love it. I love when somebody's like, Mary, did you even hear what you just said? And I'm like, no, what did I say? And I have this big, bold, oh my, oh my God moment. And, and literally, literally, someone can say something. When you get support from a skilled person, they could say something that is going to transform you forever in a second. And this happens to me and my clients all the time. It's like a gift from God. I love my work. It's like in a moment and there's nothing like when you break out of that shell that you've been in. So if you are wondering, do I need to get help? I don't know if I need to get help. If you're even asking that, get, you need to. It's like an alcoholic. If somebody says, I'm wondering if I have a problem drinking, you probably do. So if you're wondering, I wonder if I have imposter syndrome, you probably do. You're, if you're wondering, like, I'm not really sure what I should do, get some help. Like, get some help. There's nothing wrong with that. This is, you know, like, people who are successful, I don't know a single highly successful person, whether it's in business or in life, that doesn't have someone in their corner. You can't do it alone. That's like, that's ridiculous. That's, that's your imposter BS telling you like, really? I should be able to do this all by myself. I can't believe that I even need any help. That's a lie. That's a lie that your brain is telling you. Okay. So I have a question about therapy versus coaching. So how do you know if you should seek out coaching or if you really need to seek out therapy? Yeah. So there's a difference between, so if you have a true mental health disorder, so like a diagnosable disorder, which means like major depression or, you know, generalized anxiety, these things in, it cause you so much distress in multiple areas of your life, multiple areas of your life. And you're kind you're fixated on this. You're stuck in this. So if you're depressed, you're, you're probably not taking a shower or, or your house is probably a, a mess and you're probably barely functioning at work. If you want coaching, coaching is all about being able to focus on a goal in front of you. So if there's some inkling right now inside of you, that's like, oh my God, I really want to ask for that promotion. I don't know how I'm freaking out. I'm not sure that's coaching. If you, um, and whether it's life coaching or relationship coaching or something like that, maybe you want to have a better relationship when you're in that place of like, I want more and better because even if I'm scared, I'm effing going to go for it but I want somebody in my corner, that's all coaching. Therapy is like, oh my God, you're just really trapped in dysfunction. And you're, and you're really in a place of the past. So this, the down and dirty simple is coaching is all about future goals, going for it and having a coach that's pushing you. Therapy is about examining dysfunction, fixing the past and healing old wounds. Okay. So in imposter syndrome could be driven from both, right? It could be, if it's really severe, it could be something from your childhood that you could go to a therapist and work through. And then really to kind of get yourself to that next level, asking for that promotion, putting yourself out there to speak on a stage. It's like a coach will kind of get you there. Whereas um, a therapist might get you to the point where you're like, okay, owning kind of your childhood and you're ready to move forward. Does that kind of explain it? Yeah. And, and I guess because, you know, being a, a previously, you know, a psychotherapist, the whole reason I became a coach is because I recognize that most people, like the majority of people 
actually want to focus on the future. They don't want to talk about, like my mom beat me when I was three. Like, it's not that with coaching, I never give, I never acknowledge like, oh, look, like I was saying, let's just use the, like you were raised in vegans, right? Like, oh, look, now you're a vegan. Your mom was a vegan. So you're a vegan. Do you, is this truth for you? Right? So it's about what do you want for the future? And so the imposter syndrome, that stuff would be, I, I would say no, that you would not need to see a therapist for imposter syndrome. I would say no, that this is really more of a coaching thing. I think that if you had some kind of severe trauma, it's going to push you way outside the imposter syndrome. We wouldn't even look at it like imposter syndrome. It would be another, it would be way more dysfunctional. So if you have any doubts or fears or you ever feel like a fraud or imposter or you feel fake, like find a coach. They'll help you through that. No okay. problem. Okay. So probably most people start with a coach. Yeah. I would say Sounds start like with a coach. Um, anybody who's listening, I, I feel like I almost want to say it like this. Anyone who's listening to you, right. And that has subscribed to your podcast. Those are, you guys are the go-getters. I am sure you're not like sitting in your, you know, mental health dysfunction. I am sure that you're like ready to go for it. So find a coach. Yes, for sure. I think I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, so, yeah. Like we both get, co we both invest in coaching yes, for ourselves. So, so yeah, like, so much. yeah, it's totally worth it. Um, so I want to go back to a question that you have. I have a question is that you talked about like the imposter vision shows up when you're growing and when you're mm -hmm. kind of moving to that next level, does it ever go away? Oh God. So I think I want to say on one level, it, it's not like it, um, it may never go away on one level. Let me say it like this sometimes things show up differently and you might be like, oh, this smells familiar like imposter syndrome. The truth is, is that, and this is kind of a good thing. So let's just all embrace this and be fascinated with this is every time you grow, you know, you might be experiencing the same thing, but from a different perspective. And so we may say like imposter syndrome shows up again, but it show, it's going to show up differently. You're going to be able to, and once you can see it, really it's all about your fears. I mean, that's what I teach, right? Imposter syndrome has a lot to do with your fears. And when fear shows up, you can be gentle with it. Like, hey, fear, oh my God, I see you're here. That must mean I'm growing. Hell yeah. And be in a place of fun with it when you get to that place. Once you start doing this thought work and this mindset work, and you can start recognizing your patterns of thinking and behavior, then you're like, it's, it's more um, an acknowledgement and you can release it. It's like, you can move through it. And it, it's like, I, I call it bounce back ability. Once you start seeing it, then it's like, I'm snapping my fingers. You just have this bounce back ability. Oh, okay. I'm getting ready to go speak in front of a thousand people. Oh, or there's a little hint of like, oh my God. Oh yeah, this is normal. Oh, this shows up. Oh, this must mean I'm growing. Like when you reprogram your thinking to think every time you have some fear or every time you have imposter stuff come up or whatever, that is a sign. That's a great sign that you are growing. You should embrace that and look for those moments with like appreciation. I love it. So it's really like making that decision. It's like when you see it, it's like you celebrate it and make that decision to be bold. Yes, exactly. Like you said earlier, it's like, oh, it's here again. Oh, I should be excited. This is a new opportunity. So I need right. to, oh yeah, remember, be bold, open my mouth 
and go yes, for it. That's exactly right. Right. <laughs> okay. So I always encourage people to take action even right away or within 24 hours at the absolute latest once they yes. learn something new. And there was a lot of learning that you shared with everybody today. Um, so what do you recommend as like the one first step for people to take like right now or within the next day? Um, besides sitting down, you know, like I said, getting a cup of coffee and sitting down and writing down your successes, like that is, I can't overemphasize doing that. Like that is, that is a mandatory thing. Um, I want you to think about, so, but a, a more so number one is write down all of your successes, all the awesome things like, that you've done. Like you gotta do that and have it like running on your phone or have a Google doc somewhere, like be in like like I have, you know, I have like, I'll print stuff out even with a client says, Oh my God, that's great. So of course, as a business owner, I have a, a spot for my own testimonials, but sometimes I print them out and I just like a stack of them or cards like to look at, you know? Um, so that's one thing, but in this, but right now, like immediately think about like what that thing, and you know what this is. So don't like, don't pretend I don't really know whatever it is that you've been hesitating about or resisting do it. I don't care what it is. Jump out of a plane, go knock on your boss's door, like do it. Do it and take the first step today, right? If whether, if it's jumping out of a plane, you call the um, skydiving company and exactly. you book your appointment today. You right. may not be able to get it done today, but yeah, you, you start moving in that direction. Right. So if you want a promotion and you know, there's a job available. Okay. So, you know, get on your boss's calendar or download the job description, compare it to what you've done. Start writing down a few of the things like, Hey, you know, I did that or I did, you know, and look at the languaging around it. And so start being a student for your own success. I love it. Thank you for that. And so how do people find you, Mary? Can you tell everybody? Yeah. So you can go to marybicknell.com and um, you'll be able to just find lots of stuff on there about the regret proof life and about being able to go for it. And I have a, a little Facebook group that's called um, Bold Brave Women Ready to Make and I'll, I'll be clean like S H I T happen. And, um, and this is where we do more talk about imposter syndrome and being stuck and like going for it. Look, this is what I believe. And this, I'm just going to be so direct right now. You're going to be dead forever. You're going to be dead forever. Regret proof your life. Like take a chance. There's no reason not to take a chance that you're going to look like a complete fool. Because on the other side of that, it, the growth on the other side of that is like so amazing. So you have nothing to lose by going for it. I love it. Thank you. And I will put um, all these links in the show notes so people can find you. I really like that part of the interview where Mary talked about making a decision to be bold and take action and do something. And I also really appreciate the fact that she brought up the idea of thought work, about working on yourself to get over some of these limiting beliefs. If that's something that you want to do, I actually created a new free guide that you can download on my website that walks you through how to get started in managing your inner critic, overcoming self-doubt, and dealing with imposter syndrome. You can download it at andreajansen.com slash inner critic. That is andreajansen.com slash inner critic. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast.